Hello there, good morning. It's Joe Cameron here from Red Main Group. I hope you're well. Uh, today's podcast is all about resilience, and, and I'm joined by a very special guest called Emlyn Evans, who I'll introduce in a minute. Um, but resilience is important these days because of the fast paced society that we live in, and unfortunately, change is inevitable. So, um, so we're just going to dive straight in. So, I'm joined this morning, as I say, by Emlyn Evans, who uh, runs a company called Squab, uh, which is basically a family farming business, but you're into moving and storage as well, which is amazing. So you live in Warwickshire, and um, but you jumped at the chance, didn't you? Uh, we've known each other a, a while, but you jumped at the chance of doing this podcast on resilience. Why was that? Because I think we've been really resilient over the years yeah. as a family, not mm. as uh, what we're doing now necessarily is just an outcome of that, but as a farming family, uh, it's built into the DNA. Mm. Uh, resilience is one of the biggest things that farmers mm. have because they're fighting against the weather, um, they've got lots of things outside of their control, mm. so they have to be really resilient in terms of just practicing what they mm. what they do every day of their of their lives. I mean, I think that's what absolutely what struck me about meeting you and some of the guys in your company is about this ability just to deal with things on the on the hoof, you know, the problem solving, the quickness that you turn things around because of the weather. I love that story about uh, about the hail. So uh, tell us about your resilience if the weather completely wipes everything out. Yeah, so we're. We can get situations, it doesn't happen very often fortunately, but where you've put all the work in throughout the whole year, you've done all your cultivations, you've done all your sprays, you've done everything possible that you can do right, and then at the last minute you can be tripped over by the weather. We've got, we have had instances whereby we've stood in a field with a big hailstorm, the crop's ready to be cut, we can't cut it because of the weather and the hailstorm uh, empties all the pods of the, uh, of the crop and we literally have nothing to cut. Your, your year's work has been washed down the drain, basically. Oh, my goodness me. So, so what so do you do? Do you just go into a dark room and cry? Or what do you do with that? What do you do with that situation? So you, literally, the whole business has been focused on this whole year with this crop, and it's destroyed overnight. I think you learn to say that you, you should only really worry about the things that you can control, mm. and, and you can't control the weather, so you can't really beat yourself up about it. Mm. You start looking at um, things that you might have done differently. Could you have predicted it a bit better? But you always come back to the fact that we know you can't predict the weather very well. Mm. Forecasting is so limited. So actually, the best thing you can do is walk away, think about how you're going to change things going forward and uh, get on with the next year. Because you do something special, don't you, mentally? And um, you know, financially, what do you do? Well, you just write it off. Mm. Wow. So <laughs> yeah, you just, yeah, you just write it off. How quickly do you bounce back then, would you say? Well, I think over the years you get used to doing these things and you just learn how to write it off a bit quicker. Mm. I think you just, I think mentally you just have to digest it. And as I say, as you get a bit older and you've seen it maybe Mm. a few times before, you learn that it's not worth the the emotional outpouring or Mm. the energy wasted on just being frustrated or Mm. negative about it. It's quite interesting, you know, if you do an experiment on yourself as people, um, how tiring negative emotions are or how um, you know, energy sapping, things like disappointment are, and how long you can carry it on for. But I reckon it almost saps like four or five or six or seven times the amount of energy uh, from your day. So that's why we can go around feeling tired, isn't it, if we get stressed or if we dwell on things, because it takes more, more energy to have a negative thought than it does a positive thought. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. And I, I try and position myself into whether in a day to, on a day-to-day basis, whether it be at home um, or at work, try to position myself into a place where if I know that there's a, a repeat pattern of always having to get stressed because a factor's out of your control, 
for whatever reason it's creating the stress, you always try and migrate yourself away from that mm. and, and position yourself either by having individuals in your team that, that can deal with those mm. sort of things or you're just putting yourself into a different position and, uh, and it means that you just might have to face that situation. So for me, stress uh, and, and that negative side is a complete waste of time and, the, and I, over the years you learn to just try and avoid it. You just try and avoid it, yeah. They call that, um, some people call that, and it's a bit like this idea of failure tolerant. Do you say that's failure tolerant or are you just moving away from stress? You just recognise the red, uh, you know, the red flag, don't you? And then you just move into a different then space. I think you just move into a different space. You let it, you, you, you let that situation wash over you mm. and you, you just reflect on it actually whilst it's happening, you can sort of learn to adapt yourself so that you recognize you're going into that position, you recognize what's gonna happen, you recognize the, like you say, the flags that are coming out, mm. and then you you realize that, well, I'm gonna avoid that next time, or the next time that's happening, I've put other things in place mm. that will mean that we won't have to go through it. I think you just, I think you need people around you. Your markers right. can be uh, close friends, yeah. it can be people in the business that you trust, um, or it could be, figures that you sort of have looked at and, and you know that when you see them going in a particular direction you can see it coming. Mm. And I think if you can just, you quite rightly right. say, get those markers together, then it just means that when the situation comes up you are in so much of a better position to deal with it. Yeah. So you're almost pre preempting, aren't you, where your red line comes yeah, from? Yeah, definitely. You know, so um, you're seeing the, the triggers and when you get to that point then you can divert or take plan B. It's fascinating because um, some of the academics, uh, somebody called Cabasso, um, suggests that there's three things to being resilient and, uh, and one of them is about um, resilient people recognise that they can just deal with the things that they control you know anything outside your control like the weather they just forget about it because otherwise you try you get sort of um, wrapped into the drama of it don't you and you end up um, something called catastrophizing, where like um, you un universalise about problems so you might not be good at one thing but then you start to believe in your head that you're no good at anything. So you see this like negative thought process comes like a tumbleweed, you know, through your brain. And this catastrophizes. And people do it in golf all the time. That was one bad shot, which then becomes, oh, God, I'm you know, rubbish at golf. I'm rubbish at everything. And it sort of, um, you know, gets carried away with its own energy. So, yeah, one of the aspects is um, just looking at the things that you can control. Yeah, yeah I think it's absolutely bang on. I've, uh, over the years, over the last decade particularly, I've had quite... A I guess sort of a lot more stressful situations when the business has been developing. Mm -hmm. uh, little things used to frustrate me massively. So competition starting maybe in, a, in the area um, or an employee that you have feel that you've done a lot for does something back against you. And actually you come to realise that you, there is absolutely, they're out of your control. There's nothing you can do. Mm -hmm. So so that point there is perfect for, for helping control and give yeah. you that sort of resilience. I think what you also do is stand back from things, don't you? You know, like it almost seems like you um, can take a helicopter view of the problem in hand. So you'll step back, maybe stay calm, evaluate, and then take some action, because that is another key part of being resilient, we'd say. Yeah, and again, you can't, that's something that you develop over time. So mm. you've got to be in a position that your business maybe has, is able to, on a day-to-day -day basis, run itself, um, or that you've got key people around you that enable you to take that, take yourself out of that. So one of the things that I think for anybody in business, um, they quite often don't do enough of, is that idea of just taking themselves away. Mm -hmm. And whether that be a, um, a car journey, 
to um, a, another place to go and look at what somebody else is doing, or whether it just be physically taking themselves out of their day-to-day -day work mm. environment. And it doesn't always mean working at home. It means just going complete, somewhere completely different. Mm. And it, Which is what we're doing today, isn't it? Absolutely. You know, we've arranged our um, little recording this morning, but, um, but we're based at our home at Ardenco, and that's what you're going to do today, is just take the rest of the day out, um, just to sort of maybe slow down, take a step back. And you're absolutely right. I, it's so frustrating when you hear people saying they haven't got time to do things, isn't it? You know, because you need that sense of distance sometimes, don't you, or perspective on life, and you only get that when you step away. And just maybe look at the horizon. I mean, we're just sat here now. I've just described the view. We're overlooking the gardens at Ardencote. And it's fantastic. We can see the golf course. There's flowing water. That in and of itself, it might be winter, but there's a beautiful view, which you can really just come back to ground, can't you? And I think there's perspective. Yeah. I, nice. we, I think people, the classic when people say it uh, about I haven't got time, is that it, everybody's got time. Everybody's got the same time. Mm -hmm. and, you, and you hear it. The, people will say to you it's what you choose to do with it and it is absolutely right mm -hmm. you can choose to prioritize your time in a different way yeah. even as much as you 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 feel that you can't because you're so tied up and you've got so many commitments and this and the other over over a period a length of time you can change that and you can put things in place or you can step back from things to give you that time and more and more as i get older I, and and the sort of experience mm -hmm. of, of doing things I see that as becoming more and more of a priority, looking at the, the rounded picture, yeah. not just banging the same drum continuously mm. for the sake of it. Mm. And that, when you come back to resilience, is a major part it of is it. A absolutely, it's a major part, yeah, about the rest and recovery. I was just having a chat with somebody uh, randomly the other day in the sauna, and uh, we were talking about rest. And, you know, if you, meet, if you read, like, the leadership topics and books and that, not a lot of them talk about rest, but he said, do you know, uh, um, like uh, an axeman always rests his axe. And I thought, that's so true, isn't it? Mm. You might chop away at a tree, you get tired, and then you have a rest. Mm. Very rarely do we actually focus on that. I think... I was just thinking then about, because um, you're a member of our um, business club, our owners and directors club, and every now and again I put out a little task to do, don't I? So the last one uh, was this thing that was going on the internet, wasn't it, about just doing nothing for 15 seconds. Mm. And, um, you know, I said to everybody, you can choose to do it or not choose to do it, but it's really just um, evaluating your own response when somebody says, just do nothing for 15 seconds. Mm. So you were up there, you did it, didn't you? But what went through your head when it was just 15 seconds, wasn't it? Yeah, and you can't you think it's so easy but you go to do something so you sit down and you say i'm going to do nothing for 15 seconds so the first thing you do is look to your phone don't need my phone then you look outside thinking i need to look in and, and see what's going on outside because i've got to occupy my mind with something the tv and actually when you when you force yourself to say i'm just going to blank my mind and not think about anything actually it's quite hard work quite because we're tricky, continuously it? doing it yeah continuously the brain's moving i love that story about um the, the golf uh, the name escaped me about how um he's developed his concentration so much that he can just sit and look at the back of a, a airplane seat for like eight hours that's how focused and concentration and how meditative he can get his mind to just stare at something when most of us can't do 15 seconds. Because I know there's other people that I've put that out to and they go, oh, they went into a big flap. I was like, it's 15 seconds. <laughs> so I'm going to continue to challenge you, um, you guys in the business club, I think, just about what that, but the benefits that you get from just just breathing for 15 seconds or I'm going to ask the guys to do a minute, see how they feel about it. <laughs> 
probably have a complete meltdown. Um, so going back to resilience then, yeah, a lot of people suggest it's, um, you know, capacity to recover from difficulties or toughness. Um, but a lot of people saying it's about adaption to change. And that's exactly what you've done in your business. So it started as a family owned business, a family owned farming business, which it still is. But then you've redeveloped like the space that you've got into storage and moving and stuff like that. And now um, you've won an award, haven't you, in 2017 um, for your services. So tell us a little bit about that. How's that evolved? So with the farming side of things, the, the idea of having to overcome and adapt is massive. So all that's happened is we were driven, uh, and, and credit to my father and, and my brother, we were driven to a point where um, we'd got borrowings that had gone out of control, interest rates um, shot up to double digit figures, and the bank were at a point where they were gonna pull the rug. So that then focused our minds to say, right, what are we gonna do to get out of this? And at that stage, we then started to adapt ourselves away from what we'd grown up with and what we'd done for two generations, which was farming. So- uh, It got that bad? Got you that could bad. have lost absolutely everything. we lost a whole lot, bearing in mind, yeah. I mean, it was a good oh, few wow. hundred acres and the bank, were, the bank were at that point where they were, they were ready to pull the overdraft and that would have been bankruptcy. So I haven't anywhere near as, I haven't experienced anywhere near as badly as what my brother has in terms of having sleepless nights about uh, cash in the business and oh, how we're gonna get out of it. Amazing. So yeah. he's really, really taken the brunt of that. But, but what came out of this was this ability to try and think around the problem. So we've, over the years, thought of all sorts of different things. Some have stuck, some haven't stuck. What we've now got isn't just something we, we landed on um, straight away. It's come because we've trialed different things, we've stepped back from it, we've then trialed something else, stepped back from it, mm. and then we've, we've hit on what we've now got, um, which is a um, document management business and a moving storage business. We're employing 50 people um, locally. The business is seeing reasonable growth um, as a result of the marketplace around us growing. Um, and it just goes on and, and this bit is almost the easy bit the hardest bit is just the evolution in, in order to get yourself yeah. into that place mm. but we never stop so you know but you're used to that in farming aren't you that's like you know the digging of the land isn't it you have to go through that process mostly generally speaking of like preparing the land don't you the hard labor and i think sometimes we want to go from a to b really quickly but you've got to put in the labor You've got to put the, I think it's not just about putting the hours in, in solely and saying it's just, it's actually being as effective as you can be with, with mm. that time. So many farmers will just do far more hours and, that, and, and they believe that that's what you have to do in order to be okay. But it's not being used, they're not using their time that effectively. So they've got the, they've got the attitude and they can do the work. And we had that, that's already, mm. that's already there. But then just combining it with a bit more strategic thought and, and that's where you can get your, your, your sort of develop your resilience. I think that's, that's a fantastic analogy, isn't it? Because otherwise you become a busy, hard-working fool. I know it's a well-known saying, but, um, but I like that idea of um, joining up the strategy with the hard work. Then you can really get some results, can't you? Yeah. So, um, so the award that you've got, tell us about that. Well, that's amazing. You're the best in the UK now. Yeah, we won Mover <laughs> of the Year, which yeah. is great. I mean, we've only been doing moving for sort of eight, nine years. And uh, we, we went for the awards, the second year we went for it, um, and we won it. So yeah, best, the best mover of the year out of the 450-odd companies that are in the UK Is under it? this association. Now you train other companies as well. And now that, we're developing yeah. our training to sort of help others in, in learning about how to develop their skill sets. And we're hoping to try and introduce some things 
uh, from there about leadership and about because I sort of see that as the industry requires that mm. sort of level. So I can see us doing, you know, creating legacies really to the industry and in, in only having been in with it for for a few years. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, I think it's totally fantastic. We love having met you. It's always so inspiring to chat to you. There's so many other things that you've done. I love your story about the North Pole. Maybe we'll hear about that another time and stuff like that. But um, but it's been great to have you on today. We just before we go, because Squab is an unusual name for your company, isn't it? So uh, so. Tell us all, remind us all, what a squab is. The squab stands for a baby pigeon. Yeah. We're a rural site and the name of our site is squab. So it, it was pretty uncreative in some ways, but we've taken that name and really made a big thing of it. Yeah. And as a baby pigeon in the rural area, it sort of suits what we do. Also, the squab of a, a seat is the, is the bit that sort of sits behind oh, your yeah, lower back. Oh, yeah, it is, back. isn't it? You're absolutely right, so, yeah. I've forgotten that. You know, when my background in the motor industry. Yeah, yeah of course, that's right, yeah. So, um, yeah. Ah, so you could the two be... Innings, and there's a tenuous link to what we're doing now. Yeah, no, there could be... Yes, I know, yeah. So, yeah, that's what How it means. cool! It's really good. So, the rest of your day is looking quite nice, then, because the sun's coming out now, so you're going to sit with your... Laptop, yeah, it's not quite warm enough nice to sit look. outside, but we sit inside, look out, and um, got some business development to do for the yeah. uh, for the year ahead. Yeah, very exciting. Well, thank you ever so much for joining us. I think uh, in terms of resilience, we must give you a score of at least 10 out of 10 um, because the other things that we'd measure you against are things like challenge, so um, turn, turning like um, you know a difficulty. Um, you know, a challenge into an opportunity. That's a well-known thing as well. Uh, but commitments and other things as well. So being commitment to your goal and your aims. Because you've now got a family to support and that legacy to carry on from your dad, who sadly recently uh, passed on, didn't he? So, um, so your level of commitment. I think we've got to give you a score at 10 out of 10 on your commitment levels as well. But um, so have a nice day, Emlyn. Thank you ever so much for joining us. And, uh, and we'll see you next time at our business club where, um, yeah, I'll be challenging your challenge your thought process a little bit more so i hope you enjoyed our little podcast today um i'm joe cameron i've been joined this morning by emlyn evans of squab based in in warwickshire have a quick google see uh, what they're all about it's a really nice company and um and if you want to be part of this podcast series or if you'd like any more information please um email us on info at redmaingroup.com or you can pick up the phone if you like on 01926 257 550 or check us out anywhere facebook linkedin twitter instagram you know we're not that difficult to find so take good care and have a nice day and we'll hopefully engage with you again soon bye